0: again, welcome back to my podcast, Random Thoughts and Things. Today's episode is the third and final part of my three-part series on my struggles with mental health and my experiences with it. This episode is going to be about therapy. Now, before I get into my experience with therapy, I'd just like to say that I was privileged enough to go to therapy. I know that not everyone has that privilege, and I'll touch upon that in the actual episode, but I hope that by sharing my experience, you can hopefully get something from it be it solidarity or information. So, considering how intense the last two episodes were, I feel good ending this series on a happy note. Before I delve too deep into that, I wanted to talk about the different types of therapy. Honestly, before this episode, I only knew of the one kind, which is talk therapy or psychotherapy. There's actually a ton of different kinds, though. Some of them are as follows psychodynamic therapy, which is all about talking about your thoughts and feelings to bring forth unconscious patterns of behavior so they can be addressed and possibly changed. There's also cognitive behavioral therapy, which is when the therapist and patient work together to identify the behaviors the patient wants to change and coming up with an action plan to do so. There's also family therapy, which may address specific problems within a familial unit or on more general issues, like communication and the relationships between family members. Another type is group therapy, which is useful for anyone who wants to explore the challenges and conflicts they are experiencing in life in a supportive group setting with others who are struggling with similar things. Dialectic behavior therapy was originally developed to treat individuals with suicidal thoughts, but has since been found to be an effective treatment for people with borderline personality disorder. Or BPD as well as people with BPD like symptoms dialectic behavioral therapy was designed to help these individuals understand their thoughts and behaviors as out of the ordinary and extreme and then learn coping and interpersonal skills that allow them that allow them to find more measured moderate ways of acting and reacting the last one from the article i found is called interpersonal therapy This is typically used to treat those with depression and focus on the patient's relationships with other people and how depression has affected the patient's ability to relate to and communicate with other people. Now, let's get into what I was saying before. Therapy, specifically talk therapy for me, was really great. I touched upon it in my last episode and really had to stop myself from going on about it. Like I said last episode, I went to a therapist in the Dominican Republic when I was about 13 or 14 years old. I don't remember a lot about what we discussed or what he wanted to discuss, but I remember some things. Firstly, my mom and sister came with me to every session because I didn't feel comfortable talking to him. Even though the therapy was supposed to be for me, I would find a way to deflect it to my mom and sister and get them talking so I didn't have to. Secondly, I remember going to his office and it felt much too big and scary and I remember sitting by the window and looking out onto the rooftop and watching the pigeons fly by and wishing I could be there with them instead of in this awkward stifling room. Lastly I remember one session was just the two of us in the room and after the initial what would you like to talk about today and me responding nothing we sat in silence for 10 minutes until he called my mother and sister in Now, you're probably wondering at this point what the heck my last two points have to do with therapy aside from me being in a therapist room. I made those points though because they're important and all three of them are related. At that time in my life, I didn't want to be in therapy and I wasn't comfortable with my therapist so I either didn't talk to him, I lied to him, or it was a combination of both. Why is that important? Well, firstly, I was in talk therapy. So me talking to them is kind of an essential part of the process. Secondly, like I said in my last episode, lying to your therapist is never a good idea. It shouldn't even be an idea if you feel comfortable with them. Lying to someone who wants to help you help yourself makes the process a lot harder. You can't expect them to help you process your thoughts and emotions if you don't tell them what your thoughts and emotions are. And they can't teach you the right tools so you can help yourself when you get stuck if you aren't giving them the proper information. Now, my last and honestly most important reason, I brought up the three things. If you don't feel comfortable with your therapist, no matter how many times I say, don't lie to them, or you need to talk to them, you won't listen. And that's okay, your therapist is a stranger, and will most likely remain a stranger throughout your time together. That thought alone can make people uncomfortable. I know it initially did for me. But the biggest difference between my first therapist and my second therapist was after the initial two meetings, where you just sort of feel out the vibe of the room. I didn't need anybody with me for my second therapist. Was I comfortable enough with him to tell him everything all at once? Hell no. That second meeting or session was still awkward, but I felt that I could put my toes in the water, so to speak. While I wasn't about to tell him my whole life story just yet, I felt comfortable enough to tell him that I didn't want to tell him everything all at once. And he was cool with it. I think after I told him that, for the rest of the session, we just talked about my school, how it was going, what my favorite classes were so far, etc. But I'm getting too ahead of myself. Being comfortable with your therapist is the most important thing. And if you're anything like I was back then, and you think therapy is a load of baloney, I hope by the end of this episode, I can get you to at least open your mind a bit about it. So, at this point in the episode, you guys know two things. I'm a huge advocate for talk therapy, specifically, and I had to go to therapy twice. If you listen to my last episode, you'll know that when I left my first therapist, I was given a clean bill of mental health. So, why then did I have to go to another one? Two reasons. One, I lied to the first therapist I went to. It made myself seem more okay than I actually was. And mental illness never really goes away so even though I was able to put my emotions behind a dam for a while when that dam broke my mental health went downhill so after a few let's call them good years the dam broke and I found myself in therapy again like I said earlier I don't really remember too much about my first therapist but I basically just walked into his office with my mom and sister sat down and started talking with my second therapist it was a much different process When my dad and I went to the office, it was nice. This might sound silly, but the energy in the office was very calming and relaxing. That first meeting was almost like an interview. They asked me if I wanted my dad to come in the room with us. And when I said yes, we were led to an almost lounge-like area. It was an enclosed room, but it was big and had two couches with some bookshelves and toys for toddlers on the floor, and a coffee table between the two couches. The guy who brought us to the room then proceeded to ask me, just me, questions. Nothing too deep or personal. Like I said, it was almost like an interview. Why I was there? What I knew about therapy? Did I prefer a male or female therapist? Etc. It didn't take too long, and then my dad and I left. I got a call a few days later asking me when I was able to go down. That was my first session with my second therapist. Again, we went into a waiting room, then the therapist came out introduced himself to me first, then my father, and asked if I was ready and if I wanted my dad to come in the room with me. I said yes, and away we went. Before I continue, I feel like I should explain why I'm putting so much emphasis on these people talking to me first and such. As a young kid, especially being in high school, you don't really experience that a lot. How often do people ask how you're doing? And they're adults, and they're genuinely interested. health? Even now, as an adult, I barely get that. So having people ask me, a teenager, how I was doing or talking to only me so they get my words from my mouth or introducing themselves to me first, even though my adult father is right beside me, was and still is a huge deal to me. Not only did it make me feel important and wanted, it also made me understand that these people do care about me. Not in the same way my family and friends do, but in, but in a way that says, we're here to help you. You know what I mean? So, with that being said, or explained, I guess. Let's continue. I said earlier that after that second meeting, I was okay to go in the room myself. My second therapist was so kind and so smart. If I was feeling something I wasn't able to process, I could try and explain it to him and he would help me learn what it was, why I was feeling that way, and how to process it. Oh, this is, I'm talking for a long time, guys, I'm sorry. One of the greatest pieces of wisdom he imparted on me was this. If you think of your brain as a mountainside or a plateau, and your thoughts as water, how would that look? You'd have a ton of streams going through it, all representing your thoughts the ones you think most often would be deeper streams than the newer thoughts that are coming in. So when you have a mental illness, in my case it was depression, what would that stream look like? See, my depression made me think thoughts like, I'm too slash so fat, nobody likes me, I'm annoying, I'm not smart, I'm not good at anything, etc. So because my mental illness was slash is active, that stream is really deep. And when I get to a bad place, it's easy for my brain to send the water down that stream. But that's when I need to create a new stream. I need to think. I'm not fat. My friends are always telling me they love me. No one has said I'm annoying. I'm smart in my own way, and that's valid. I'm good at things. Some other people aren't. But it's not a competition, and it's okay to not be amazing at everything, etc. It honestly helped me so much to do that. And even though the negative stream is still there, the positive one is getting to be deeper and that's making it easier to direct my thoughts in a positive way. This honestly works so well for me and I hope I explained it well enough that you can use it if you need to. I also learned how to utilize the five senses practice, I guess you could call it. You've probably heard of it and maybe even done it yourself. When you're feeling overwhelmed, name one thing you can see, hear, feel, smell, and taste. I'm sure there are different ways to do it. Maybe you count down or up, so one thing you see, two things you hear, etc. Or vice versa. Try it out and see what works best for you. If it doesn't help at all, that's okay. Not everything is going to work, or even work in the same way, for everyone. Well, this episode is going to start winding down now. So, going back to therapy, leaving my second therapist was really bittersweet. He taught me a lot of skills I still use to this day, and he showed me, basically, that my brain generally wanted to help me out, but sometimes she wasn't the greatest and screwed me over. I just had to remember that not everything my brain was telling me was necessarily true, and not to believe the bad stuff. Leaving therapy with him kind of sucked because I had grown used to talking to and with someone who helped me make sense of my issues. But it was also great because leaving meant that now I was able to make sense of my own my issues myself. That's not to say that it's bad. it's bad to stay in therapy. Just that at the time, which is about five or six years ago now, I was able to end my sessions because I was able to handle myself. Like I mentioned a few episodes ago, I would like to go back to therapy again. Talk therapy really helped me. I know it's not for everyone. But if you're feeling like maybe you want to give it a shot, do it. If you don't know where to start, I suggest first figuring out what kind of therapy you want. I mentioned a few at the beginning of this episode. Now, just because you want to do talk therapy, it doesn't mean it's going to be the most effective. It also doesn't have to be something you do if it's stressful. Google Google things you should ask your potential therapist and don't be afraid to ask them. It's not rude to ask them how the process goes or what you can expect from a typical session. This ties into my last piece of advice, which is that asking those questions is an important way to see if you're comfortable with them, which for the like gazillionth time is so, so, so important. Don't be like me and think that therapy is for like weird or crazy people. I know that I'm coming from a place of privilege when I talk about therapy, like I said at the beginning. There are tons of reasons one wouldn't be able to access a therapist, but please, if you have the resources and you feel you need to see a therapist, don't be afraid to look for one. If you can't afford therapy, there are different options that you can take, and I'm going to be putting a link in the description box. So, to all of my listeners who don't have a mental illness or who don't need therapy, your local government official and ask them if there's any way to put more resources into mental health. Write them a letter asking if they can do more to help the people that are struggling. Talk to your friends about mental health and let them know that feeling depression or anxiety or or having any other mental health problems is normal and that if they can get the help they need they have your support. That's the biggest thing I found about therapy. People don't want to go because they're afraid of what others will think of them. If we talk about our mental health and our experiences with them openly, we can slowly but surely create a better space for other people to be open with their mental health. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, and you might not want to go into detail about it. That's okay too. You don't have to start broadcasting your mental health to people you don't know. If it's safe to do so, talking about your mental health with your family and friends is good enough, in a huge step in the right direction. Well, that's it for today. I'm going to put the links in the description box to the articles I used, as well as the numbers for the helplines for my last two episodes. Please don't forget to be kind to yourself and others, especially if you're struggling with any sort of mental health issue. As always, if you need anyone to talk to or have any comments, my Instagram is at Misha Bison and my Twitter is at Major Mish. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, my upload will be on Wednesday for Bell Let's Talk Day. I'll talk to you then.